What's poppin', podcast listeners? Hanging out with T Mac, Todd, T Mac, T Mac 20. T Mac is a, a Southern boy that I enjoyed smack talking with a lot. He's a guy of faith. He's a guy of integrity. He's a guy who's just, I think, just making the world a better place. He is originally from the South, bumped out over to the, uh, the Santa Monica, LA area and launched basically kind of first was like one of the first movers when it came to virtual fitness and uh, then added the element of meditation prayer and made it very simple. I have done the TMAC 20 workouts, 20 minute workout right when you wake up, a little meditation, a little prayer. And I'm just going to be honest, there's not that many better ways to start the day. Although I can't tell that to him because, you know, it goes straight to his head, but that's all right. But T-Mac, you're the man. You're doing some crazy, crazy, crazy things to make the world a better place. You're influencing people on the daily. And I have just enjoyed uh, the conversations we've had a chance to smack talk over and uh, just keep doing your thing, man. Thank you for being a man of faith. And uh, I just want to encourage you in all that you're doing. So T-Mac, you're the man. I hope everybody enjoys this episode as much as I did. Todd, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Great to be here, Matt. Where in the world are you recording from? I'm in Santa Barbara, California. For if you're not familiar, it's about an hour and a half, two hours north of LA. It's a little slice of heaven up here. Yeah, I've heard that. And I got I think we both have to give a little shout out to the lovely Lauren who made the intro here, who's just one of the most fantastic, well-connected individuals. So shouts out to her for that. One of the most amazing humans ever, right? Like I always say that it will probably touch into this as far as putting yourself in a positive mindset every day, but Lauren just radiates at that positivity. Uh, and so it's just so easy for her to connect like folks like us. And it's just, it just, I think some people struggle with that, but for her, it's just easy. And I think that we're all just kind of drawn to her positive personality. I could not agree more. And the only downside to Lauren, the only downside is that she loves rubbing in the uh, California sunshine into us Michiganders face. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that, but everything else is pretty good. That's so. like right, right in the middle of a winter storm. She's like jogging <laughs> on the marina like, oh, why do you, you have an excuse to work out today? It's beautiful. I'm like, well, that's just in SoCal right now, Lauren. Yeah, it's like she doesn't have to start every audio meth- message with like, I just got off a walk or run from the beach. And yeah, yeah. okay, that's fine. Yeah. I just got done shoveling snow and try not to have a heart attack. I swim so. with dolphins. <laughs> Amazing. So, so Todd, and also, uh, we're, I got to ask before we start, T-Mac, is that, is that the go-to? Is it Todd? What, what's, where, what are we working with Whatever here? you want to, brother. I was, you know, when you're like the skinny white kid playing football at University of Florida, T-Mac is what kind of stuck. And then when I came to California, I eventually had to fill out the LLC uh, on, on LegalZoom or what the name was. And so I just went with T-Mac Fitness. So whatever, people call me Todd. Some people call me T-Mac, whatever you want to. You mentioned skinny white kid. Well, I'm like five foot three and a little bit occasionally wider than I am tall. So <laughs> to avoid being called Pop Can, I'm glad my last name's Baxter. So <laughs> is Baxter, is, so is, uh, is Baxter, wasn't that the dog on uh, Oh, yeah. Man? That's a great dog on Anchorman. I think it was uh, the Aardvark in uh, Han Ar- No, one of the original, one of the original cartoons. It was a uh, name of one of the characters there. Yeah. Everybody's dog is named Baxter. Like I have girls I dated in high school whose dog his name is Baxter now which royally is confusing <laughs> it's a solid name dude it's a solid name yeah that's that's right that's right all right so give me give me give me the life story let's hear it 
Life story, cliff notes. Okay, uh, let's do this. It's always fun to talk about yourself, huh? So grew up in a small rural town in North Florida, uh, about an hour outside Jacksonville, kind of right there on the Florida-Georgia line. Uh, those guys actually lived about an hour and a half south of us. They were actually weren't born on the Florida-Georgia line, but we were. Um, yeah, so it's kind of one of those awesome towns I'm so proud to be from, but you know, one of those towns where it's kind of college football on Saturday, Jesus on Sunday type cultures. And you either get really good at hunting and fishing or football. Um, and I chose football and again, I had a dream as a young kid to play football at the University of Florida and was so fortunate to go do that. And, uh, you know, during that time playing football at the University of Florida, ended up having five surgeries from football. And kind of after football, honestly, Matt was just kind of a little lost. Like, I didn't struggle with it. I never thought it'd be that much of a struggle as it actually was. Like, my source of identity has always been in Christ. Uh, you know, came into Christ at 12. But to be honest, like when you dedicate your life, I mean, I left home at 15 to go to a boarding school to go play football uh, and you dedicate your life to your craft. Eventually that becomes kind of, you know, all you know. It's, it's really hard to dabble in other things because performing at that level takes full year round commitment from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And then once that was over, uh, I played professionally in Europe a little bit and then went and worked in finance. And finance was like great. Believe it or not, I always joke and say I'm probably the only personal trainer I know of a Series 7, um, which was an interesting, you know, fun experience. Worked with some really talented guys at Merrill Lynch in uh, Ponte Vedra, Florida. And, but found myself kind of lost. I was like, all I'd ever done was something I loved. And I don't mind working my ass off, but that was the first time I'd come in the office on a Saturday mat and I was the only one there. And, I just didn't, I just thought there was more to life. And I really didn't know what that was at that time. I can remember being at TPC, which is a big golf tournament in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. And, you know, everyone's kind of sipping their nice drinks and having their steaks and watching the golf tournament. And I just remember being like, this is cool, but this is not me. I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, and I had Merrill Lynch, this is back in 2008 transfer me out to LA. I uh, played football with a guy in California, went and visited him. And I was like, well, this is sure as hell a lot more fun than North Florida um, right now in my 20s. And so as, in the process of getting transferred out there, Matt, the market crashed, if you remember, in 2008. And about four months in, at being at this you know new town, didn't really know anyone, paying rent that I could never imagine, nor would I ever tell my parents how much it was, uh, I got laid off. Like all of us young brokers, we were dead weight. And I found myself in this new town and wasn't ready to leave yet. Uh, you know, looking at God's timing, if I'd have been there for a year and the market would have crashed, I probably just would have, you know, packed up and went back to another broker's firm back in Florida. But I was like, I want to, you know, give this at least a year and uh, took all my suits to Goodwill and started personal training. And that was probably 11 years ago now. <laughs> so, so. I mean, number one, the uh, I, I have to I have to ask a question. Yeah. Do people from the Florida Georgia line like the band Florida Georgia? Those guys are good. I mean, I don't know them personally. I know some friends who do. Um, supposedly, one of them was a hell of a baseball player. I, yeah, I've heard that, and I've heard they met at a. Uh, they they were both like youth uh, youth band leaders or something like that is where they met in like a some some youth group of, of a church or something. Like that. I, I mean, look. I'm, <laughs> They have some great songs out there, no doubt. Uh, I, you know, I would question some of what they wear sometimes. Is that really what folks in North Florida wear? Uh, <laughs> but that being said, I mean, they've done a hell of a job for sure. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. So I just, I just got to give you a little something for that. But so, so the football career as like 
I mean, it, I think I think you touched on that, but pretty safe to say that like your football growing up was like your identity, kind of what you wrapped up success with, kind of wrapped up with like at the time was probably who you viewed yourself like you're a football player. That's who you were. Well, you know, I think there's a, there's a good balance, right? It's like, I, you know, I came to know God at 12. Um, and so I always saw myself as a, as a child of God and I happened to love and be fairly decent at football. Um, but the world sees you as Todd, the football guy, right? And so it was that was what was so refreshing, Matt, about one of the things about coming to LA was no one gave a shit about I play football at Florida, right? Like, you know, you had the Lakers, you've got Hollywood, you've got so many things going on. And for a first time in a long time, I could just sit down at a restaurant and not have to, you know, no one knew who I was and I could wait in the back of a line, which, which sounds kind of odd. But if you go back to rural North Florida and the South, um, it's hard for people, I guess in Michigan, you know, kind of like, it'd be like playing football at Michigan growing up in a small town. Um, you know, that's big. That's, that's kind of like religion there. Um, and so I was fortunate. I actually grew up. It's funny you say that I grew up, um, in just, just South of Ann Arbor that on Saturday morning, uh, football games, when U of M scored, you could hear it from my house. That's that's how I grew up right there. It's hard for people in California to fathom that, but yeah, that's exactly what it's like. You know, there's 93,000 people in the swamp on Saturdays, millions more watching. Um, and I, I was so fortunate. It was a childhood dream. And then it was just kind of, once you've performed at a high level, Matt, it's really fucking hard. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. Oh yeah, go ahead. Right. Let it yeah, I, it's really hard just to go clock in for nine to five. And yep. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I think that the majority of people were more built to, to do that and they have their side hobbies. And what I was, I didn't have enough really self-awareness because I was doing what I loved the whole time that when I was at, in Merrill Lynch in finance, I, I didn't know, but what I've started to discover was I'm someone that I I don't mind working hard, but it has to be something I believe in. Um, and I, I couldn't grasp the concept of, you know, working nine to five just to live on the weekends. And that was, you know, after a couple of years of that, people were always asking me about like, what do you think of the Florida game this week? What do you think of that? And I was like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, so, it's so refreshing to hear you say that because that's something so... That's something I get like, just, I'm an overall very optimistic person. Overall, I think I'd like to say pretty happy and positive around people that I interact with. But like when conversations just evolve to be like, how was your day? Uh, You know, sports events, complaining about something that happened the past week in the weather. It's like, there's so much more to life than that. But that doesn't, that that's just not a switch. That's something that like, you got to be living for something like deeper than yourself for that, like, fun, joyful, purpose-driven conversations to happen. They don't just happen just by working nine to fives. They don't just happen by, so I don't know. Not that you can't find positive and purpose and joy in those things, but I just, man, I get bogged down by those topic conversations. <laughs> no, I think that meaningful, I, like, like I was, I had a client uh, just yesterday we were talking and I was just like, I, I truly believe in work and life. Less is more like what success. I think Ray Dalio coined this, uh, you know, what does success look like for you? And for me, that's meaningful work and meaningful relationships. And it's, it's almost by default impossible to have meaningful relationships when you have just a plethora of like so many friends, right? Because you, you don't get time to go into the deep conversations uh, and really get to see what's going on in someone's life and how you can impact them in a positive way. And so, no, I'm with you. I, I would rather, uh, you know, listen to a podcast and eat dinner uh, and chat about, you know, the weather and actually learn something. 
<laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So I, with, with the transition from uh, football to, Mer- you know, pretty quickly jumping in like Merrill Lynch and advising. And I, I, one of my dearest friends actually loves what he does at Merrill Lynch. Yep. And so certainly there's a lot of positivity there, but with that being said, like you obviously saw something in that job when you took it, or was that more purely just like a, look, I, I need a job. This seems steady. It seems like there's a good career to be had there. But like, what, what was like kind of what you thought you saw that you didn't when it panned out or what, what was that kind of like? Yeah. I mean, the reason I, I just didn't want to be broke. I was tired of being poor. <laughs> Not a bad place to start. Yeah. Financial advising. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to be broke. I remember I drove up in the parking lot and I had an old pickup truck with a uh, dents all in it and dual exhaust and everyone else has got Porsches and uh, you know, all these nice cars and I've got this old beat up pickup truck. I had to actually sell it before I moved to LA because I knew I couldn't, cause it was on three inch lift. I couldn't get it in the garage in LA at Merrill Lynch. Um, so it's funny you say that I, with my landscaping and lawn care background, I've always grown up with trucks. Now I work in the software world and yeah. it's you know hard to kind of, it, it's, you can't really hide your closet redneck. Like I just no. kind of have to let it out sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, my, my best and wealthiest client awesome dude i love i still to this day like look up to him so much he wore blue jeans a white t-shirt you would never know he had a dollar to his name and was worth millions upon millions Um, it's blue collar wealth is the best type of people (laughs) absolutely you would know he had a dollar to his name that was success but no i mean like you said i've got friends i've got a buddy i've got a couple buddies that are in finance that are financial advisors and they come from a place of really true service of like wanting to help people um, and it's a beautiful thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with the finance space at all. I think that whatever we're doing, whatever field we're in, we should be using it to serve others. Uh, I just quickly realized that for me, that I could be okay as a financial advisor, but I would never be the best. And I didn't know what that was at that point, but I just knew this wasn't it. And I needed to keep trying things. So one of my favorite things that I've liked, even in the 13 minutes of conversation we've had on this is how, how, and please don't take this the wrong way, how simple and like pure your kind of logic of the next steps of things. So like, uh, you, you, you either chose to play football or hunt and fish. I mean, very simple, go, go football. You didn't want to be broke. So you jumped into financial advising. You wanted, you chose not to do it because you couldn't be the best. I mean, I, that attitude I think is, is remarkable. So I, I, like I tell people all the time, I was like, I, if I can help someone else out there by avoiding all the fucking mistakes I made, I'm happy to. Uh, oh my I, but I'm a guy that learns by doing. So I'm like, all right, we're going to see if this podcast thing works. Let's do podcasts. All right, let's reevaluate in four months and see if it's working or not working. And do we do away with it or we continue? Or like, I, I got, no, I learned by doing. Um, and that's just kind of the way that I operate. I think that often, uh, it doesn't mean you have to be reckless necessarily. Like and I tell people, it's not like if I had a wife and kids, I never would have left finance, like would not have had the guts. I'd have responsibilities, bills to pay. I think that if you have a passion outside of it, you can work nights and weekends. And if it's not your, if you, you don't have the kind of drive to do that, then it's not something you should do. But I would have, look, I, I stumbled upon this because I had the freedom and choices that I didn't mind sacrificing financially because I could bear the burden, I would not have put like, you know, a couple young kids and a wife through that, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. It's something that I, so I turned 27 in May and I'm not married. uh, And there's no way that going through with my current company, 
I could have probably done it or taken the risks and some of them stupid risks that I could have with having to provide for other people. I mean, it's something that's definitely a unique gift. And I understand why so many people providing for wife and kids and or providing for husband and kids, whatever the circumstances, like you get a little trapped because you got to support other people outside of yourself too. So I, I, I feel for people like that. I, I mean, but yeah. And I think you, you want to remind them, give them like, we all have look, you know, you asked the question as far as why you get up in the morning. I think all of us have to figure out why we get up in the morning. And if you're doing a, a job right now, if you're listening, maybe you're not passionate about it, but you're supporting a family. You're support, you're giving money back to your parents. That's awesome. Like you are contributing to society, nothing but respect for you. Now, I would add to this that you feel alive and you're talking about to, to bring the beginning conversation, someone like Lauren, those people radiate of positivity because they're in alignment with who God made them. And they're simply mm-hmm. using those gifts to just to serve others. And then that type of magnetic energy, you can't just fake. Like you, you have that in you. Doesn't mean you're gonna have good, bad days. Of course, but when you're in alignment, there's a whole extra rush of energy you have that you just don't have if you're just clock, you know, checking in every day. Yeah, no, that's so good. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know I was going into this getting a little preaching. So I, I, uh, I do not mind that whatsoever. So thank you for bringing it. I'm the God that says Jesus and fuck in the same sentence. So. Dude, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm the same exact way. I'm, I'm somebody who's not afraid to say hell fucking yeah. <laughs> and just hear, say, say God, God's God's glory name. And it's, it's cool to find people like that. So love that. Um, so you know, for, for you, then you came out to LA, you get laid off and you decide to start personal training. And what was the adolescent idea, the vision, the thought, the, what, you know, what was that? Where, why did that start? Going back to being simple. Um, I, there was a lady that cut my hair in Beverly Hills. I want to be clear. I'm not calling you simple. I like the oh, intentional I, I, simple I, attitude. <laughs> I appreciate, I want to be simple. I simplify <laughs> my life. Um, less is more, like I said, for me, at least in my approach. But you know, it's I, funny, real, real quick. I, I'm in the process of writing a book, and I think I'm actually going to call it It's That Simple. So know that it's like, I, I mean that entirely as a compliment. No, I, I accept that as a compliment. I also <laughs> think that in our busy times, it's harder to be still and to go deeper on issues than it is just to be busy. I can be busy all day. Just am I doing work that really matters? And that's it, it, actually helping people. A quick word from our sponsors. Do you need someone to help you demystify the digital marketing experience? Our fantastic and wonderful partners at Symposia Labs offers a free strategy session to talk you through your marketing presence and plans. Symposia Lab has a team of coaches who can help you navigate how to find uh, the people that you want to talk to, work with, you know, do business with, sell products to, anything that you can imagine from a digital marketing perspective. From building a marketing team to building a website to building a brand, this team wants to partner with you to help you grow. Take a look at Symposia Lab. And Tim Haynes is their founder and CEO and is just a phenomenal person. And I would highly recommend that you find him either on LinkedIn or SymposiaLab.com. Um, but going back to your conversations, what kind of let me down the training path once I started What and that kind of was different. Honestly, Matt, I just started to feel alive again. Like I was literally, I drove all the way across town in an old beat up Jeep. Uh, I would have to like jump this lady's like guard fence because she was still asleep. Half the time, wake her up out of bed to do a workout and drive all the way back and make 50 bucks. 
And I probably lost money on that by the time you do traffic in LA and gas. And I, but it was the first time since football, Matt, that I started to feel alive. And I was like, all right, you know what? This is not where I'll end up being. But I was like, this feels right. I don't know what it looks like, but this feels right. And for two years, dude, it was a struggle financially. I mean, I can remember back then Trader Joe's, I could get ahi tuna steaks and brown rice and I could eat dinner at night for about $2 and 19 cents. Um, and the fact that you know that off the top of your head shows how tight it was. And I have so much respect for somebody who's not afraid to live that, but still pursuing something that means something to them. I, 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 Dude, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big jump from Merrill Lynch and uh, Fancy Steaks and Scotch. <laughs> Show, showing up with guys with the Porsche and you're eating rice trying to make it. I love it. Yeah, brown <laughs> rice is, is uh, cheap, bro. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was very – like I said, two years was a struggle, but I learned so much from Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch taught me how to service a high net worth private client. And so what I learned was how to build a book of business serving those type of people like – how do you find your centers of influence? Who are the divorce attorneys? Who are the CPAs? Um, who are the real estate agents? And so I took that same model that Merrill Lynch taught me and applied it to private training in LA. And after two years of really struggling, I kind of got, you know, it's really hard when you don't know anyone in town, but I got my few centers of influences and I just doubled down and started making more money than I ever could have imagined as a personal trainer. Um, and then as that goes, you're like, all right, I'm making good money now. Life's good. But as you quickly find out with any business like that, there's not only so many hours in a day you can work, um, no matter how good your hourly rate is. So I was like, well, I have to scale my time. And to be honest, you know, right now, just I got so lucky um, that I just knew back then, even then, I, the LA wasn't home. Just I think to kind of come up in this conversation, just listening to your intuition, it sounds like, reminded me, but I just knew LA wasn't home. Life was good. I had a good family group. I was making good money, but LA wasn't home. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll take my training online, start filming videos on YouTube and just see what that happens. I was like, I'm still, you know, it's just like a side hobby, like a side hustle, so to speak. I would take extra profits from training, produce content and just get feedback and listen and did that for, I don't know, three or four, about three years, it just gave it away online on YouTube. When did you when when did you first start that? So I would say, gosh, that was probably six years ago. Now I started producing okay. content. I think what made my training style unique was kind of the back up a little bit. I'd had those five surgeries from football, so like I got to train under the best of the best at the University of Florida in Olympic lifting, sports training. I knew athletic training. Uh, but with those injuries, I wasn't able to run anymore. I wasn't able to lift weights. Just my body was just, it was just bone on bone. Um, and I was always in pain. And so I followed a hot girl into yoga class and found this yoga guru and became hooked. And <laughs> that's she, weird. Why you got so interested in yoga all of a sudden, <laughs> the Lulu pants were real. Um, and so, but that was, I remember coming out. I was like, this is the first time that I have sweated this hard in years and I don't hurt. My spine felt like two inches longer. My hips felt better. My shoulders felt more open. And so I would literally rearrange my private training schedule around this yoga teacher's class. And I went every day almost for five years. Uh, and I started merging what I knew as an athlete at the University of Florida with this yoga skill set. I knew that yogis needed more hit training because their ass was flexible, but they didn't do any fast twitch fiber, like train, fast twitch training, hit training. 
right? And then I also knew the athletes needed this yoga training to help the stabilizers, to help their posterior chain to prevent injuries. And I was able to merge what I knew and kind of create this new workout program called TMAC 20, which was 20 minute total body workouts, no equipment, no excuses. And each workout ends in meditation and prayer. And honestly, Matt, that just happened to be a great niche online where you literally you could hit play like after this podcast, do a 20 minute workout with no equipment, finish with meditation and prayer and have a great day. And I, that started growing on YouTube. And I was like, all right, well, let me see if people will put the credit card in and pay for it. Again, my money was still getting made in private training. Uh, it's so funny. People think I've been doing this full time online for years. And it's only been two years full time. And once people put their credit cards in, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this full time. And then I think I just finished up year two uh, full time online. And then when COVID happened, you're talking about just being fortunate, man, like I had buddies that were just as good trainers as I was in LA and they got $40,000 a month overhead and they hadn't been able to open their gyms. And I just got lucky to be honest with you. I had an online business. I can resonate with being lucky. I own a video interviewing company and just we've been at it for five years and just happened to be in the right place at the right time to benefit from a pandemic. So I, it's at times you kind of feel like the funeral home director smiling. So I can, I can resonate with that. What, um, so when when you for for the for the viewers that don't fully understand if i'm going to go try to get you know be healthier feel better i go do yoga versus i'm a muscular macho man and screw yoga i'm not going to go do that what do people miss about the combination of the two so you kind of you alluded specifically to it of like your your way of combining those things but if i'm going to only do yoga what am i missing or if i'm only doing strength training what am i missing and i know we could probably talk for ye- yeah. you know hours about that but give me give me the high level so i'll give you the high level then we'll break it back down to the basics of how i kind of see movement now um what i'm specifically asking for is all your trade secrets spill <laughs> now i'm just kidding but whatever whatever you're comfortable sharing so you yoga right your stabilizers are really strong your type 1 muscle fibers um and you typically like you feel good, right? Like you're, you're most likely you got into yoga because of someone like me, because you were injured and you're trying to heal yourself. And yoga does an amazing job at improving mobility uh, and just overall strengthening the muscles. Like let's just say the muscles that stabilize your knee, your glute medius, uh, muscles that you may hurt your shoulder, like your rotator cuff muscles. You train with enough hard yoga, you're going to get better and heal those injuries. Now, what you miss is, and this is why yogis necessarily aren't necessarily in the best shape aesthetically, is because they don't do enough anaerobic. They never get their heart rate above 80 to 90% max, so to speak. And that's really where the sweet spot is for getting in shape. You're not breaking down those muscle fibers like type two explosive training that you would do in athletic training. Now, if you're an athlete, this is why you see a lot of football players not being able to walk around or athletes walk around very much once you lift weights for so many years because eventually your joints typically give out. And you're missing all the muscles that help stabilize and hold the body together. And that is where yoga comes in. So like, you know, a lot of our videos, uh, it's typically the wife, Matt, will bring them in the house because the guys are like, I still got to go to the gym, even though they've got the dad bod and have been in the gym in three years. And the dads are the ones that get their ass kicked and are the ones that get hooked. And the wife may still do Pilates a couple of days and do our workouts two or three days, but the dad does it seven days a week um, because it crushes him. And it's just that you'd have to experience it to feel the way we merge it in, that that weaving of yoga with HIIT training and athletic training. Um, So that's kind of what I would try to take the best from both worlds and deliver that in a quick, effective way that you can do it in the comfort of your home. 
Is uh, is TMAC, you know, is is the is the fitness program pretty much designed for like if you had to speak in, you asked me before the show who my audience was uh, on the podcast. Same thing for your your workout stuff. Is it for you know the athletes who are trying to improve flexibility? Is it for the yogis trying to get you know more muscular? Is it for the the dad bods and <clears throat> AKA me uh, trying to get just you know a little bit better in shape? Or what? Who, who who's like your favorite target? It's for all 7.4, 7.5 billion people on the planet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Uh, so our demographic typically are busy parents. Uh, they used to go to the gym. They used to be an athlete. And now they're taking care of the kids. And as one dad told me, he said, the best part about your program is I used to feel guilty missing my kids' soccer practice and going to the gym. Now I don't have to make that choice in the morning. I wake up in the morning, do my 20-minute workout, do my meditation and prayer. And now I can go to my kids' soccer practice. We also see a good amount of entrepreneurs that are just like you and I working long hours. Damn it. Now you're not calling me out like that. Now I don't have an excuse. You literally, everyone's got 20 minutes. Um, you got to stop. You got to stop, man. Cut it, cut it, cut it off. I'm guilting you into kept, kept I know. Seriously. <laughs> I was thinking about having a happy hour after this, but apparently not. Well, this Jimmy. is one of the biggest mistakes I think entrepreneurs make is that you're going to be more productive and more focused in your day if you do a workout and a meditation. It's right? so true. It's, it's like I used to, as a young entrepreneur, I would put down my list and it'd be 15 things to do. And don't get me wrong. Like I think it took those 10 years of doing it, but now my list is four or five things in a day that I do. Uh, and I, I'm going to go take the dog for a walk here at four 30. Right. Like, and I get more done and I make more money. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot more to I want to accomplish in life, but you're able to focus at a different level uh, when you uh, say, I always say, get your mind right first thing in the morning. And that's kind of what our program helps with. You know, so I going to double tap on that for a second, because number one, from like the faith and meditation standpoint, like I notice such a difference in my life when I wake up and even if it's immediately hop on my knees for 30 seconds and pray, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter how much, but like when I just, first thing I try to do is spend a little bit of time with the Lord and make yeah. the, the day not about me, but about him and yeah. about other people. Like I notice such a different outcome of the day. The stresses are still there. The joys, the highs, the lows, the world is still there. But like, in my opinion, I like I'm, I'm less into like temptation doesn't creep in as much or my focus of doing something far beyond just the stresses of the day is much, much greater. And so I, I, even in that alone, let alone the workout and specifically in the workout uh, piece, I have found that I over like, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of seasons of being in decent shape and working out consistently. And I've also had plenty of seasons of having probably a couple extra happy hours because I find that as a good excuse. Like, Oh, I'm raising capital. I'm super busy. I don't have blah, blah, blah. And it's just crap. And it just comes down to like, you're right. You've, you've boiled it down to a recipe that you have no reason to say no. Yeah. And it's one of those things that Matt, that I would say that, so what you did was awesome, right? What you do, like you talk to the Lord first thing in the morning. And what I'll add to that, right. Is I used to wake up and, you know, get on my knees in the morning, God be with me today, be with my family with good intentions. But looking back at it, Matt, I was half-assing it. Meaning I wasn't, I, I wasn't locked <laughs> Definitely in. Definitely had plenty of those days. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't locked in. And so what I found is that with, there's, we always know we need to pray and meditate. We all know we need to work out, but we never can find the time. So what I, what I, you know, why I think this program is kind of special and it's helping thousands of people around the world is that it allows you to so think of working out as just a way to shock the system, creating energy, 
right? Creating that positive energy, that momentum, like some people feel this in the runner's high, right? And then dropping into the meditation, right? And so the meditation is kind of a combination of my prayers of Christian, what I learned with yoga. And the last part of that is just inspired by Psalms 4610, be still and know that I am God. And then when you can steal the mind map, what you're doing now is you're training the body for stimulus and response. So when you talked about the stressors that come in throughout the day, we all have different stressors, work, maybe it's looking at the news, whatever it is. We have all of our, our customers that go through our 20-day program that was mentioned before we recorded. The first hour of your day, you are not allowed to look at your phone or email. You're moving your body and you're connecting to your spiritual practice. So whatever stimulus comes your way, you're able to respond in a way that's aligned with who you truly are in a positive way. Does that make sense? Tracking with you perfectly. Yeah. So it's essentially like the stimulus is going to happen. There's going to be things that happen in your day that are completely out of your control. But we all know that we can control that response. But what happens is if you're not consciously training your mind for that, you're going to revert back to your animalistic primal instincts where that animal brain kind of takes over and you react as opposed to being proactive in your decision making. And that has been a game changer and not only in my personal life, but in professional life as well. So like you could come back and say, Todd, you really like, give me some critique on this podcast. And then you would have asked me this 10 years ago, Matt, I'd, be, I'd probably be like, fuck you, dude. Like, whatever. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle criticism or coaching, so to speak. And now I can look in that and be like, all right, well, let's, let's take the emotionals out, emotions out of it. Maybe Matt can offer some critiques here that will help me on the next podcast. Um, no. And so I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing but positive things in the thirty-two <laughs> minutes or so far. So if, if you're looking for it, you're not going to get it on this one. Well, I'll, I'll... <laughs> well, you get what I'm saying, right? It's, it's the, yeah, hundred percent. Training yourself for the stimulus response and to bring it kind of the higher level. The way I see working out now is for me, like I really don't give a shit if you're doing one of our twenty-minute workouts. You're going for a jog, lifting weights. Do you figure out a way that you, something you like to do that's sustainable, right? Because I always say the best workout you do is the one that you consistently do, and then figure out. A way to drop in your your spiritual connection immediately afterwards and that's just like the thing that my day is like what is my structure is like well i move first thing and i connect to my spiritual practice before i look at emails and social media that's it that's that's my that's my workout program like it, it's not like chest and buys on monday yada 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 it's like i move first thing and i connect to god first thing so what's your what's your evening routine then because i morning it's it's i either did it or i didn't and to me that one's pretty solvable but like i as you probably have picked up i'm remarkably add and when i did both on that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, and you're uh you're good. when when uh when when like I've got the benefit of having a business and I've got a lot of fun and I've got a podcast so I've got a lot of things to think about and so the end time at, at night to me is like the hardest. And one of the things I actually like in different seasons kind of dread because I, I like sleep is horrific for me. And it, it has been for a while and I've done a lot and certainly saw, found some ways to solve some of that. But in your experience, what's your like evening routine to wind down? I mean, to be honest, my evening routine could, could use improvement. Um, that's an area of, I, I pretty much am pretty good on my mornings now, but like you, my evenings, um, I usually have my biggest meal in the evening. I usually fast 16 hours a day, Monday through or five days a week, so to speak. Um, and so I'm not eating a ton during the day. And then in the evenings, I have a big meal. And when I eat that big meal, I'm about ready to pass out, right? <laughs> um, so I'll have that meal, that dinner, and then I'll listen to uh, a YouTube podcast. Maybe I'll watch some mindless TV, watching The Wire right now, great TV show. 
Um, but I try to cap it. It's when I'm done eating dinner, I, I turn it off and then I come back upstairs and either read and do some sort of mobility. Um, some, you know, I've got like a nice rug here that I can do some mobility training on, uh, so to speak, or read and really try not to look at any electronics the last hour before bed. But to be honest with you, I don't do as great of a job at that. The thing that's inspired me to get better at it, there's a, a professor out of Cal Berkeley named Matthew Walker um, who studied sleep for the past 20 years or so. And I would encourage anyone to go look at, um, listen to him on podcasts or read some of his books. But Matt, if you're getting less than seven hours of sleep, you are wrecking your body. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it, way, it's way worse than that. <laughs> yeah, the evidence is, you know, the idea that, you can power through and you're a grinder. Uh, it's just not there. You're, yeah. You're, you're, you're working longer hours. And like I said earlier, you're not being as productive. You're not being as productive. And then health wise, uh, cognitive decline. It, there's a lot of evidence showing that if you get less than seven hours of sleep, all the working out and all the kale you eat is basically wasted. Yeah, that's so good. It, again, one of those things that, you know, y- it's positive there. You're kind of guilting me into realizing that I know it's a problem and I need to fix it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a, like I said, it's a never ending journey, right? Like I'm this fitness guy and I listened to uh, Matthew Walker's work a couple of times for hours. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not, I'm not really practicing wellness. Um, I need to work on my sleep. Yeah, that's so true. So good. Um, so with your clients, both direct that you're working with uh, from a personal training standpoint to the people that you're, you're, you're uh, putting these TMAC 20 programs for around the world, for you, like, what, what's, what's kind of the point of all this? What, what, what are you aiming towards? What's your goal? What are, you trying to, what are you trying to accomplish? Obviously, you figured out the daily routines of life and how to live that. But let's take a step back and say, you know, what, what's kind of the big next step for you? What's kind of the big focus that you're working on? Well, I I think that going back for me, um, I think that all of us have God-given gifts, Matt. Um, Everyone from the CEO of the company to the person sleeping the floor. I think we all have unique gifts that God's given us. And it's our responsibility to harness those gifts, really work at those gifts, master those gifts, and give them to the world. And for whatever reason, um, my passions and skill sets have always been fitness and sports and a, and a deep desire to know God. And that's kind of what I've built my, I guess you could say my profession around. And that's what I'll be doing in some capacity. I have no idea what that capacity looks like 50, 30 years from now, but it'll most likely be something to do with fitness and seeking God. Uh, and so I've just tried to really explore those, work on those skill sets, continue to grow and then figure out a way to take what I've learned and deliver it to people that can actually be applicable in their everyday life. So favorite question on the planet, two part, two part. Number one, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And you've touched on that kind of throughout this, but I would want to want to double click on that. And then secondly, let's say rather than a TMAC 20 fitness, let's say somebody gets a TMAC 20 minutes with you and you get to leave an impact that you... Like ultimately, if you if somebody met you for twenty minutes and you got to choose what impact uh, you left on their life, what would that be? Help me clarify the question again. So you're saying not a workout? What are you saying now? Not a workout. You get to spend twenty minutes, and that person was just influenced beyond belief by meeting you. What would you want that to be? I would simply just have the conversation with them and mainly just listen to them. Um, I, for me, I think that the majority of us or all of us want to be seen and want to be heard. 
Uh, and for me, I would just ask questions and listen to them. And just knowing that that, that 20 minutes for them uh, is this individual that heard them, that saw them for who they were uh, and loved them for it. That's so good. And uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? It's kind of what we touched on, right? I, I truly have, um, I think, don't get me wrong, like everyone has our mornings, but I can remember it's a hell of a lot easier to get out of bed now at 38 doing what I love as opposed to at 25 working in finance, right? You would think it'd be just the opposite. But I believe that it is my responsibility to help people live a better day. And my tools for doing that is simply fitness and meditation. Uh, and it's my responsibility to go and work on that, continue to learn, continue to get better at those skill sets and to deliver it to uh, people around the world. So that's what my motive Because I think when we do that, we all win. I love that. So for people that want to follow along to TMAC20, for people that want to uh, follow you, learn more about you, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to communicate? Um, or any of that. Yeah, so just go to tmacfitness.com. It's tmacfitness.com. You can get, uh, usually there's some free workouts there. You can get our free, my meditation that I do. If you have your own fitness routine, I would encourage you to try this meditation. We've got CrossFit gyms kind of around the country doing the Mind Right meditation after their workouts in their gyms. Uh, and then you can also, if you're on Instagram, I'm on there, you know, throughout the day. If you want to shoot me a message on Instagram, that's at tmacfitness, tmacfitness. Love that. Well, Todd, T-Mag, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Anything else you want to leave with the audience? Matt, you did a great job, buddy. Appreciate it. Everyone have an amazing day out there. Love it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, bud. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.